Good evening and welcome back to Tax Talk with Jay. I am your host, Jay of Jay Chambers Tax and Business Consult, where we do taxes to pay the bills, but we teach taxes to feed the soul. Are you ready? So am I. Let's go. All right, guys. So last... um. Last last episode, we talked about a lot. We, we crunched a lot of information in there. And I just want to recap over a little bit, um, just to give us some leeway into what we're talking about tonight. So we went over, you know, um, a couple of business entities. You got your sole proprietorship. You got your general partnership. Um, those two, you really don't have to register, um, but you are liable for all um, debts and um, liability. So you have a personal liability to that. We talked about, you know, you possibly being liable for partner negligence for the general partnership. And, um, you know, that just kind of gave you the background. Then we went into a limited partnership where, you know, you could do that in order to raise funds, you know, get the, get some, get some investments into what you're trying to do. If you have people that really believe in you and want to support you, but that is limited. So they can, there's only so much they can do in the business or they could be held liable. And the general owner usually um, still is um, liable, personally liable for everything that goes on with the business. Um, but they make all the decisions. So, you know, that's not something you have to share. So then we um, ventured into the S-Corp, C-Corp, um, you know, S-Corp gives us all the wonderful parts of the sole proprietor as far as funneling things, losses, and um, profits to our personal income tax and not having to file those corporate tax returns, but you still have to deal with the corporate formality. So you still have to hold shareholder meetings, things of that nature. Um, the C-Corp, we spoke of the double taxation. So um, while it has, it gets a, the most tax breaks out of all the entities that we've told, we've spoken about, um, you still have to deal with the double taxation. So you pay corporate tax taxes on your corporate tax return, and then you have to pay taxes on any dividends that are passed through to your um, personal tax return. And But you don't have any personal liability when you're a, a, um S-Corp or a C-Corp. Then we have the, the infamous limited liability. Um, where you can go in as a partnership and you can choose whether or not you want to be taxed as um, corporate or taxed as, well, taxed as a corporation or taxed as a um, partnership. So you have that, but you still have that limited liability. Um, the S Corp, C Corp, um, limited liability, um, those areas are usually pretty pricey when it comes to registering, but you do register. And so when you register with the state, that kind of gives you that leg up to where you can jump into the, um, traditional banking, you know, traditional business banking of keeping things separate, personal tech, personal account, bank account, and, um, business bank account. And that's basically what's going to bring us into what we're talking about today. So, um, just a heads up, you know, just in case any of that was a little fuzzy to you, we mentioned some things that you may not have understood um, and you're currently doing your own taxes, I want to invite you to our small business instructor-led tax course. Now, we don't normally um, offer more than one course instructor-led, but I feel like right now entrepreneurs need all the help they can get. Um, we're all starting. We, some of us are starting from scratch. Some of us are starting and we don't have people in our families that model you know, what owning a business is, so we don't know. Um, I, I myself, I come from a blue-collar background. So it's either blue-collar or military. That's my most of my family. Um, if you didn't go in the military, you, you have a job and you work, you know, 401k, W-2, that's, that's where I come from, hardworking stock. And so um, opening this business was something that was very new to me. You know, I, I like to celebrate my mom because she always like made several attempts to be an entrepreneur, but as myself, she just didn't have the guidance in order what to do and where to go. And that kind of drives my passion, you know, that fuels me um, with the podcast and everything else to just kind of encourage other people because, you know, I myself, I'm a starter business, you know, and um, wonderful things are happening. So we thank God for all of that. So. With that being said, we have, um, we normally offer the corporate comprehensive tax course for our beginners. You know, if you don't really understand what taxes are, why you're filing them and how to file them, dependents, things of that nature, then that's the type of course that you would take. 
um, so that you can get the information. If you've never filed a tax return before, that's the type of course that you would take. And we would we would um, normally only offer that one and everything else would be self-paced. But now this year um, for our final run of instructor-led courses, we have decided to add the business course, small business tax one course. And so that's going to cover your different entities. It's going to cover depreciation. It's going to cover um, things you can deduct. It's going to cover um, so many things, pass-through entities. And what I mean by that is if um, you are with an entity and instead of you having to file tax returns for your business, it kind of takes all the profits and funnels them to your personal tax return to where that's all you're filing, then we we work on that. So see, that may be a little cloudy for some people. Depreciation may be a little cloudy, which is very important because we have a lot of businesses buying things such as t-shirt printers. Um, if we're making hair care products, we have machinery that does labeling, machinery that fills the jars. Even if you're pulling the lever by hand, that's still a machine that you bought and it's going to depreciate. Um, computers, computer software, there are things that you have bought that depreciates and you don't even realize it. And that is something that you write off on your taxes every year because what's the name of the game? Reducing taxable income. And the way that we do that is through the items that we purchase, through the losses we may take, um, several things. So I just want to make sure that we as business owners are starting the right way. We'll also talk about bookkeeping. We'll give some information on that and um, we'll give a little bit of information on that in the course. So I want to make sure that everybody is thoroughly informed, but that's the recap for series two, episode one. And now we're going to stroll right into series, series two, episode two, where we talk about financing. Amazing. So we've done the recap. Wonderful. Now, the reason for the recap, because we have um, some entities like, for example, we, we spoke of the entities that have to register with the state, um, with your state. And if you have to register with your state, registering um, gives you the, the leg in the door for that business bank account, right? And so with the business bank account, um, I know some of us, like, you know, people that are sole proprietors or have a partnership, um, we still using that cash app business or founder cards or things of that nature. And I'm not knocking you. We got to start someplace. I just want, I want to applaud you. Yes, please, please do something. Okay. So if you're taking that step in the right direction to separate your business funds and your personal funds, I think that's an amazing thing. And I'm going to applaud you. I'm never going to bring you down for it. So. While saying that, um, we when we want to go to the when we go to traditional route, where are places that um can help us build business credit, can um allow us to apply for loans. Let's be honest, all of us are not we, we're not all grant writers. I'm not a grant writer. I'm 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 proficient in math. <laughs> I am proficient in math. I passed English, and I'm I'm thankful that I don't have to go back and take that again. Um, any English course at this time. So, um, you know, <laughs> many things to be thankful for. But I'm proficient at math, and so with that being said, sometimes we need other ways to. Um, you know, build our business financially. And sometimes those ways are with um, credit cards or um, business loans and things of that nature. So with in order to get those, we got to get that leg in the door. Now, um, there could be other ways, such as if you were a sole proprietor or you had a partnership, then you had a profit loss form. And that can also help kind of give a roadmap of where your business is and where it's going, but that's not always guaranteed. And it's a little harder when you go that route. So um, let's just make sure that we keep that in mind. But we want to make sure that we are putting ourselves in a position for our business to grow, in a position for our business to grow. And so by by choosing an entity that um, requires for you to register, that puts us in a good place for our business to grow. But we also, we can't let our personal finances go to trash because we need that. We need our personal finances to be on track because some companies are going to ask you, like credit card companies, loans are going to say, you know, we need you to be personally responsible for this if your business cannot make due on this loan, you know, and so your, your personal credit score matters. Now, 
with that being said, <laughs> with our bank accounts, um, we're going to start getting into in this series, we're going to start talking about bookkeeping. Um, we're going to talk about bookkeeping. We're going to talk about record keeping. We're going to talk about um, paying your bills, paying yourself. We're going to talk about a couple of things. Um, this episode may not be as long as the rest of the episodes, but it has a lot of information that I need you to get in order for us to move to the next step. Okay. So with that being said, let's begin. Let's begin with some grandmama's good old words. Okay. Um, when I was a kid, my grandmother used to say something when I, I wasn't a kid, I was like 16. And so she gave me this information and she says, um, don't get your honey where you make your money. <laughs> and, um, you know, my grandma didn't really sugarcoat anything after that. So we all know that this entails, you know, throwing tail where you make your check. And that's something that we don't always need to do. Now, granted, some people are going to jump in the comment section. I met my husband or I met my wife. I'm very happy for you. But statistics will prove that that's a horrible idea. So... <laughs> We're going to try to move on past that. But I believe that that um, can also be taken into consideration when we're talking about our business. So when we're talking about our business, we're going to group it in a couple of sections, right? Um, when we talk about business finances. And so with business finances, as we group it in different sections, um, the first section is we make money, right? All right. We make money. Yeah, we make money. So we want to um, put out a product. We want to make sure we're making money. So in this mindset, we're going with our same lawn mowing company that we had last last episode. We're going to keep this lawn mowing company all series long. So you might as well get comfortable with it. Okay. <laughs> so we got our, our lawn mowing company and we're a sole proprietor and we've got some heavy hitters on our account so we've got some you know old grandmamas on our accounts okay um if you live in a big city you might have to work with me here use your imagination um and just and just think um think two fair areas with a lot of grass there we go there we go. If you got to take two buses to get to a train, you know they got a lot of grass, okay? <laughs> Let's think those areas when we think small accounts. But um, so we, we've got the the our profits in for the month. And what's the first thing we're going to do? We're going to pay our employees, right? I need, I need you to pay your employees. I would love for you to pay your employees. And so this is where we're kind of going to jump into, just dabble into a topic that we're, we're going to hit on Um in probably next week. Yeah. In next week's episode, we're going to dabble on a topic that we're going to hit there. And it's called children can be employees. <laughs> children can be employees. You can pay your children up to $12,000 a year. Um, make sure your books are good. Make sure you're actually paying them and you are documenting that you are paying them for a job. You can give them a job that they can do. For example, if you print t-shirts for a living, print your kids some sweatshirts and some t-shirts, something fly to wear to school, let them be your advertising and pay them for advertising. Um, if your children draw, pay them for, you put them on your design team, you know? Um, if your children clean up after themselves at home, which we, we would hope all of our children do, right? Um, if they know how to use Windex and clean the window, <laughs> y'all hear that Southern accent coming in. I am originally um, a South Carolina native and we moved to the big city a couple of years ago. So it's, it's definitely a change and a transition, but um, that Southern accent is still there. So um, if they sweeping floors, if they wiping off the counters, you know, if your children are doing things, that help out around the house, they can do things that help out around the office. Okay. So th there's your janitorial services. Um, and we pay them a reasonable wage for the things that they are doing. We don't just like slot. This is not your allowance. This is you paying your children a reasonable wage. Um, so that means like up to about 230, you know, $231 every week. Am I saying you have to hit that mark? No. No, you don't have to hit that mark, um, but you can pay them. And, you know, in this, you may be teaching them responsibility. Like they may have to go to the store and buy their own things. They may have to buy their own, their own clothing. Like 
For example, um, I know I'm not the only parent that sends their child to school in amazing jeans and a shirt and some nice shoes. And if the child come back home, you get trash back. You get rags. Jeans got holes in them. I sent my son to school with a pair of blue jeans on. And he came home with a note and the teacher said, I don't know what happened. It was holes in both of the knees. All we know is he had a great time. That's all, that's all we know is he had a great time. That's usually the only story they got. That's it. They had a great time. So that's all that I know that happens. And so with that being said, that's something that you can teach them. Hey, bro, you got to go replace them pants you broke. Yeah, you, you enjoyed that? You, I know you had a good time. Replace them pants. <laughs> <laughs> but you're paying them a reasonable wage and that's a tax write-off for you up to $12,000 a year per child. Um, that's a tax write-off for you. So I want you to keep that in mind. Now, if your children are getting social security, um, you know, then that's a different thing. You know, most of the time people that own small businesses, we're not looking, um, most of you are not on government assistance. So we're not worried about anything of that nature. But if your child is getting social security, then that's something that you want to look at because that will affect their social security. Okay. All right. All right. Let us continue. So we want to play our, pay our employees. We want to make sure we're keeping good books, good payroll when we do that. Um, we want to make sure we pay our bills. And I think this is a great time to talk about, you know, um, your credit, you know, great time to think about, you know, how you're writing these things in your books. Cause you know, um, and we'll get into the, the bookkeeping a little bit more, but make sure that your expenses, paying your employees is, is an expense. So make sure that those are documented correctly so that, um, when, when your books, when people are looking at your books or when it's time to do your taxes, you know how much you've given to your children. Like I said, this is not an allowance. This is an hourly wage. If they go to school for eight hours <laughs> and they advertise it for eight hours, um, hey, <laughs> you might need to cut that. <laughs> you might need to cut that shirt. You might say, hey, change the shirt. <laughs> halfway through the day only give them a hoodie so they got to take it off now if they're a teenager you know good luck with that one good luck i got one that sleeps in the hoodie so what <laughs> is getting cold i'm sure there are plenty of things that you could find for them to do but um we want to pay our bills and then we'll, we'll jump back on the, the bookkeeping for expenses in just a second and then once we pay our bills we want to talk about something that's really, really important because um, we, we pay our bills. Um, we restock inventory, inventory that's been sold. We want to order more inventory. Um, so some people say that comes out of the profit that's left for the business. I personally say that comes before we pay ourselves because if we don't have inventory, we can't make any more money, right? So we pay our employees, pay our bills, and then we go ahead and we replace the inventory. Like for example, I um, run a tax certification school. So um, each course I will buy three courses and then I sell those courses off um, as the students enroll. Like, you know, you pay for your course and because um, mostly if, if I buy it in bulk, it makes it cheaper for the student. If I buy it in bulk, it's cheaper for the student versus if the student goes in and they buy the package themselves. Like it may run them about $250, but if I buy bulk, then they come in paying about 125, you know, maybe less for their um for their course. So I do that to save my students money. Um, but also when the profit rolls in, then I turn around and I replace that profit. Okay. So we want to make sure that we replace the inventory, you know, that we've used. I'm not saying order new inventory right now. That can be with the profits, but replace the inventory that you have used so that you have everything in stock or as much as you can put in stock. And then most importantly, most importantly, we're gonna pay ourselves. Cause who's who's the MVP? Who's the real MVP here outside of your employees? Okay, okay. So we want to pay ourselves. Now, with that being said, um, people do this different ways. Now I'm gonna give you two scenarios. Either of the either one is fine. Okay. Either scenario you choose is fine. Um one of them is a percentage scenario, the other one is a salary scenario. So I'm gonna say that up front. Um, percentage-wise, um, for example, I'm gonna say it again. For example, one more time for the people in the back. 
For example, because you're not about to walk up here and say, oh, Jay told me that I need to structure my business so I get 60% of the profits. I did not tell you that. You will not. I will never own up to that lie when it's recorded and I can play it back. A <laughs> lot don't care who tell it, ain't it? But no. So um, we give an example. Um, after you've paid your bills, your expenses, your employees, and you've replaced the stock, then we're going to go ahead and... um. Let's say we have $100,000 left. That's speaking it into existence, ain't it? Yes, father. <laughs> yes. I don't know about you, but I'd love to have $100,000 in profit left after I do all of that. But um, we we have $100,000 in profit left. So with that $100,000, 60% of that is ours. And 40% goes into the revenue account for the business. So that 60%, we're going we to, for shareholders and sole proprietors, partnerships, that usually looks like a bank transfer. So you're transferring the funds from your business bank account over to your checking account, your personal checking account. That's, that's basically it. It's just a bank transfer. Um, that's what that looks like. But when we do that and you, you put that $60,000 in your bank account, that's where the fun begins. Okay. <laughs> okay. And we're talking about self-employment taxes, but let's go over the other scenario and then we'll jump back in there to self-employment taxes. Okay. So or the other scenario, you're doing very well. You bring in basically the same amount, if not more every month. Ooh, thank your father. Won't he do it? Yes, he will. Cause we speaking that into existence too. Cause we need that. We need that. We need all of that. I'm wishing that on all of my listeners, um, to be sold out every month, all month long. Um, but yeah, so let's say we're bringing in that decent amount and we were going to pay ourselves, you know, a salary of maybe four or $5,000 a month. Mm, would that sound nice? That sounds amazing. Um, four or $5,000 a month. Why it gotta be so much? Cause I live in New York and rent is like $2,500 for a two bedroom. Oh, somebody come to help me. Yes. So, um, four or $5,000 a month. And with that, you know, that's going into your account. So, we're paid. We're happy. We're good. Do we stop there? No. Self-employment taxes. That's it. Did I do that right? <laughs> I did a little ESPN talk because it's game time. It's game time. This is where I shine, baby. Okay. So little known fact. Are you ready? For the W-2 workers, and we still have some because we got to start somewhere, baby. Nobody's just quitting their job, going into a business. Some of us are, and I I applaud your ambition because honey, honey, but some of us are. But for those of us that aren't, and the business is, you know, paying all of the household bills, um, I want you to know that if you, when you had a regular job, you know how back in the day, I'm showing my age here, um, back in the day, you used to be able to update your W-4 and you used to be able to go in there and, and click that box, well, check that box that said exempts. And so W-4s have changed so much in the past couple of years, so you can't do that anymore, but <laughs> you used to. And when you could do that, um, it stopped income taxes for federal and state from coming out of your check. And the only thing that would come out were Social Security and Medicaid taxes, right? Medicare, Medicare, Medicare taxes, <laughs> Social Security and Medicare taxes. So what you didn't know is that your job was actually splitting those with you. Yes, they were. And so those of us that have transitioned from having a full-time job um, or if we have both the full-time job and we're, we have that sole proprietorship, you'll notice an increase in taxes that you have to pay if you're only, you know, paying once a year, filing once a year. So with that being said, it's because you have to pay self-employment taxes. And when you pay self-employment taxes on those th- on the money that you earn as a small business owner or entrepreneur, um, it's the full, full amount of unemployment taxes. So I need you to understand that it's the full amount. So your employer splits it in half with you 
you pay the full amount, which is a little over 15% of your income um, for Social Security and Medicare combined. So um, that's something that you have to pay. Even as a self-employed person, you have to pay that. So I want to make sure that we keep that in mind. So once you pay yourself, we're not going to stop right there. We are going to pull the money out for our taxes and throw it in our savings account because that's one of the things that we're saving for because we're adults and we have multiple savings accounts. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Now, <laughs> one way to kind of, you know, come down, especially for those that are still working a full-time job and trying to get their dreams off of the ground, a way you can combat this is to update that W-4. Update that W-4. Yes, I know you have not updated it since 2007 when you started that wonderful job. And now you're like, update my W-4. Where am I supposed to get that from? Human Resources. And if you don't want to get it from Human Resources, go to the IRS website, go up to the top right-hand corner, go to the search bar, type in um, FW4, and it should come up for it. And make sure you have the right year, 2023. But yeah, you can either get it from Human Resources or you can get it from the um, federal IRS website, irs.gov. And you can fill it out and turn it in and they will update it for you. <laughs> but either way, you need to update your W-4. And what you're updating is there's a little section, a little section that we don't like to see. And it says, um, would you like to withhold anything for estimated taxes? This is when you put your big, your big girl and your big boy draws on. Okay. This is when you, you say yes, yes. And you, um, you can go in there, you can throw in about like $77, especially if you're a bi-weekly worker. Um, $77 every two weeks will throw you, it should throw you at about $2,000 um, for the tax year. I'm going to double check my numbers because that's what I do. That's, that's, what, that's what I do for a living, okay? So um, $77 times 26 yeah, $2,002. Girl, you bad. Um, for bi-weekly workers, if that's what you're doing, that $77 every time you get paid is going to put you ahead by about $2,002 in taxes, okay? And if you end up not owing anything because we've you know done some itemizing, um, then you can get that as a refund. <gasps> yes, they will have to pay you. Did you know that? Did you know that? You, you know that now, don't you? You know, Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Um, because we're learning things. We're learning that we can pay our children and we can deduct it from our taxes up to $12,000 per child. And so now that we know that, we, we, we could put ourselves in a position to get a refund from the government. Think of it as your own federal government savings account with no interest. <laughs> don't say I didn't teach you anything. Okay. <laughs> so we're paying self-employment taxes. Now there are other things that you could do to reduce that, um, taxable business income, um, health insurance. Like, you know, you're going to have to pay for it. <laughs> you're going to have to pay for health insurance for your family. Anyway, uh, make sure we got a high deductible plan, get an HSA, <laughs> HSA. Yes. Because if you're putting the money in your HSA and there are things that come up every year urgent care somebody gets sick oh my goodness my daughter's second week of school um she came home with a sniffle and a cough and i'm like okay are we starting already already it's just september or we're starting already okay um there are times that you're gonna have to pay for some things that you may not want to um i have boys they jump off of things all the time unexpectedly and it drives me absolutely insane. So here we go down the road on the way to the urgent care. Um, and we have to pay for those things. So when you have an HSA account and you're paying for these things, not only is that um, tax that they don't that's tax deductible, um, as long as you're using it on medical expenses, you don't have to pay taxes on that money. Yes. And if you're self-employed, you are still eligible for that high deductible plan. So that is something for you to keep in mind as we are continuing, you know, throughout this series, because I'm, I'm going to keep dropping Easter eggs. And are we going to get into more details on that? Yes. Um, like, for example, if you're a 401, if you have a 401k with your job and you're trying to, you know, start this small business, um, understand, you know, ways to reduce that liability, you can have an IRA as well as a 401k. 
You don't have to just walk around with one. You can have multiple. You probably have multiple 401k accounts right now because you've gone from one job to another and you didn't think to roll it over. So um, things to think about. Um, but those are all above the line deductions, things that decrease your taxable income. So let's say you started out in an $80,000 tax bracket, but through HSA, 401k, IRA, that dropped you down to 60000 That's a big drop. That go. Big drop, okay, and so that may lower the tax bill if not get rid of it, depending on how many dependents you have. So, something things to think about that's why you're here with me, right? Because you want this information. I'm, I'm thinking that's why you joined the podcast because you wanted me to drop gems like that. And so, we'll continue to talk about those things. Um, the HSA, but the above the line deductions, period period. We're going to talk about those things when it comes to reducing taxable income. Um, Speaking of reducing taxable income, make sure you join us. Um, We are going to be October 28th. We we are one of the vendors with the Experience Pop-Up Shop. Um, That is, they've partnered with Kings Building Kings to bring this amazing um event to where we have pop-up shops with small businesses and we and entrepreneurs and we also have workshops to help enhance our entrepreneurs um to give you that that push you need or just give you more information to help you grow your business so um that's going to be in 81 willoughby street downtown brooklyn new york brooklyn stand up (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, seventh floor um, in the gentleman's factory. So just make sure that you come in, you join us. If you need more information, go to our website at jchambersconsult.services. And um, we should have that. We have that posted as one of our events. And so you can go ahead and check that out. Um, and you can get in contact with um, one of the people that are um, helping to sponsor the event, Kings Building Kings. Um if you need more information, but come out, join us because these are the things that we'll be dropping. These are the things that we'll be talking about. <laughs> we'll be talking about how to reduce that tax time because that's the name of the game. Reduce taxable income. That is the name of the game. And they have changed the income brackets this year. I don't know if you know that or not. Did you know that? You know, I knew that. <laughs> um, they have definitely changed the income brackets for 2023. And so that's something that we definitely need to look at because um, for 2023, the, the revised brackets that are going to be used for 2024 have um, married filing jointly at $22,000 or less. And that's 10% of your taxable income. So I want you to know like where we're starting on that. Um, but they did drop it for um, single individuals. So that was a plus. Um, so that's something to look at. If you need more information on that, definitely jump on our website. Um, sign up for the newsletter because that's definitely going to be in the newsletter. We like to make sure that we keep people informed on what's changing tax-wise. Because yes, you could go to the library. <laughs> Um, in January, mainly end of December, mid-December, beginning of January, you could go to the library. You could pick up that little brown book, paper book that says IRS, um, on it. And you could open up the first few pages and you could read and see what they changed. But why would you want to wait that late? So, um, you know, sign up for the newsletter and we'll be able to send out that information to you so that you can stay informed, um, for your business. Um, this new this month's newsletter is going out a little earlier. They usually go out on the 30th of the month. This month is going out on Friday. Yeah, Friday on the 20th, we'll be sending out that newsletter to everybody, mainly because just, we just want to spread awareness about the event um, and everything that's going on. So make sure you sign up for that. So we're talking self-employment taxes. Um... And we're talking about, you know, paying the full amount. We're talking about how to offset that by updating your W-4. So we're, 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 on, we're on top of here, all right? Now, now that we've talked about all of that, which is amazing, we need to jump on something a little more serious, something else that's going to bring this all together. And that's going to be bookkeeping. So in the beginning, I feel like I'm one of the Bible narrators. Like I don't, I don't know if you know or not, but like they've audio, uh, made the Bible an audio book. 
and it's on Audible. <laughs> and they um got celebrities to you know come in and do the voiceovers and stuff. So and they have birds and like music. I, I don't know. I feel like I'm on an adventure when I'm listening to it in the beginning. Um, we spoke about proper bookkeeping, you know, um, things of that nature. Um, we spoke about you know your expenses, um, keeping your receipts and things of that nature, you know. Um, and so we're we're kind of going to get into like different types of bookkeeping now. So we paid ourselves, um, and where are we writing all of this? Where are we doing all of this? Where are we putting all of this? That's that's the main question. So um, there there are like so many applications that can help you with this. So many applications, and so like for example. Um, just like paint a picture. Um, if something breaks, I, I, I run a business. So of course, when we run a business, I have several places that I'm going to go to get stuff from. Um, if I'm printing things, I'm going to Staples. If, um, if, um, I break my work phone or if I bust my computer, I'm going to Best Buy. Um, don't give me a piece of paper. Don't, don't give me not nary piece of paper, because if you do, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it in 0.8 seconds of you giving it to me. I have a hard enough time trying to keep up with my keys and my phone. Okay. I'm so bad y'all. I have in my pocketbook. I don't buy a pocketbook unless it has like a special place for me to clip my keys. That's not bad. Like, give me some numbers. Numbers I can do all day. Um, finding out where I put my keys five seconds ago, that is a completely different thing. But if I see you, um, you know, we talking about taxes, I can remember it all. <laughs> you know, strengths and weaknesses, we all got them. <laughs> but with that being said, um, I'm going to make sure that I put my work email address on file. And when I put that work email address on file, that business address, um, they're going to send me a receipt. Now, I don't know about you, but I have to sit down and look at my books every night. I need to know where I stand financially every evening because things come up during the day. Sometimes people get paid. Like I'm, I'm at the point in my adulting where I got some auto pay coming on. Okay. <laughs> I got some auto pay going on in my adult life at this point. So sometimes people get paid. They get paid for the website. They get paid for the Microsoft subscription. They get paid and I don't realize it. So at night I have to go through and kind of look at my account and see where I stand. And so, um, back in the day, like I used to use Mint. Mint, yes, Mint, the free version, the free version of Mint. All right, thank you, Lord. Um, so I used to use the free version of Mint, and it was wonderful because whatever the card that you registered with it for your bank account, um, when you swipe, you know, yes, initially you have to spend like that first five, 10 minutes after those couple of swipes or after it loads your information and kind of categorize some things, right? And, but once you do that, it categorizes each swipe for you. So they know if I go to Staples, that's advertising. Because if I go to Staples, I'm not going to Staples for anything but advertising, unless I'm going for supplies. And I'll remember, you know, when I, hey, let me change that in mint um, a little bit later. Now to help you build your profit loss statement for your business. Um, then we have QuickBooks. Um, I don't want to hear it. A, it connects to your bank account. B, I don't want to hear that QuickBooks is complicated. There's so much free training on QuickBooks. I have more faith in you than you will ever have for yourself. I believe you can do it. So the only thing to it is to do it. So um, QuickBooks is something that you can use to help sort those things out. But we want to make sure we're keeping good records. We want to make sure that when we're paying people, that's why it's important to have those um, institutions because they're recognized by Mint and things of those nature, QuickBooks, and they can easily connect with your accounts and see those transactions and they can be um, categorized. And then you can create your profit loss forms. Like you don't have to worry about, oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to put this. And you go up to the top, you click run profit loss and put in the months and boom, bam, you got a profit loss form. And so that's going to help you when we're trying to get apartments, trying to get loans. Like, I don't know about you, but when I try to get my apartment, I definitely had to submit a profit loss because I was so proprietor at that time. Um, and so that kind of gives people an understanding of where your business is um, so that they know where your finances are when it comes to lending you money or leasing you a place to live, you know, automobile, things of that nature. All right. All right. So um, we want to make sure 
that were in the means of keeping good records. Now, when we talk about bookkeeping, like a lot of people don't realize, like there's two different types of bookkeeping. You got your um, accrual accounting, um, which is bookkeeping, (laughs) one version of bookkeeping. But what that means is um, you input expenses and earnings as they are incurred. So that means if you have a credit card bill of $2,000, that credit card bill of $2,000 is going to be put on the budget. If you have a um, credit, if you have, if let's say, let's go back to this lawn cutting business and you, you cut um, grass for Sudeme, Sudeme, Sudeme pays you in cash. And then you cut grass for two apartment complexes. Um, and I know that's wild here. Like at, we're up north and um, y'all don't really like understand a lot of that. Um, think two fair zone. There we go. Two fair zones. So if you got to take a bu- two buses to get to a train or a bus to get to a train, um, then, you know, a couple of buses to get to a train, then you know that's a two fair zone. You know they got grass. Um, so if there were apartment complexes like duplexes or something of that nature in that area and they had a lot of grass, that would be like a commercial account, right? So Sudime is paying you and she pay you $50 to cut that little bit of grass she got in front of her in front of her house. And then those two commercial complexes, you invoice them. They have 30 days to pay. If you're doing this type of bookkeeping, then you're putting all of that on the books now, no matter when you get the money or not. That's why you have accounts receivable, receivable and accounts payable. Um, we'll be going into more detail about that. Uh, we could, but most companies that are running accounts receivable and accounts payable either have a bookkeeper or have someone trained in bookkeeping. So they, they got that down. They, they down on here. We, let's talk the other form of accounting and that we're going to go into a little bit more detail in. That's called cash basis accounting. That means you input expenses and profits as you pay or receive them. So that means that the commercial accounts wouldn't be put on your on your ledger until the money is received. Sudi May money is going on the ledger because she already paid you her little, her little coins to get a grass cut and she is thankful and she baked you a sweet potato pie. That's Southern stuff. So Southern stuff. You don't know nothing about that. Um, you know, Sudi May is always there for you. But um, then you got that $2,000 credit card bill that's due, which is astronomical, but you know, you got bad credit. So it is what it is. <laughs> And, you know, the examples that we're giving because nobody's perfect. Why would I give you a perfect example? But um, and so when you pay that two thousand dollar credit card bill, then you're going to go ahead and put that on the books. But you don't put it in until it's something that you pay or something that you get paid from. And so that's the cash basis accounting method. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're putting everything on the books, as long as you're putting everything on the books and you're not forgetting about anything. That's absolutely fine absolutely fine. And for the most part, that's something that you can do with your basic, you know, QuickBooks and everything. It's basically, they're, they're usually taking charge, tongue tied all day. Um, that's usually something that's already recorded. If you're using though, that's why it's worth that extra few minutes to sit down and categorize those swipes from those stores. Because once you do it once, you don't really have to go in there and make any changes unless you do something different. And then those things are categorized and your base, your bookkeeping is basically done for you. So I'm not trying to make this harder than what it is, but there's no gatekeeping over here. I'm going to give you advice on things that work, you know, QuickBooks may be out of your, um, out of your budget, but Mint is not, especially if you're a sole proprietor or you're operating a general partnership. Mint is something great that you can use and they have a free version. So um, I just kind of implore you to to get into those things and um, do a little bit more with your finances than you're doing. And if you're a book person, OMG, be a book person. If you got to write it all down by hand because your mama taught you how to balance your checkbook, <laughs> I'm one of those people. Thank you, Father. <laughs> um, if you know how to balance a checkbook, I myself, I have books. <laughs> so the books that I have, I have one for my business and I have one for my um one for my home. And so they have our debt plan in the front along with the savings plan. So once for taxes, um, once for equipment, I may need to buy our courses. I may want to expand into, and then we have the budget. The budget has the income, 
fixed expenses, other expenses, monthly expenses, and we have totals, balances, things of that nature. So I, I just need to write those down sometimes because I need to see where we stand, why we stand there. Um, are we standing there? Are we choking, drowning, whatever? But um, <laughs> we all have different ways to do our books. The most important thing is that you are doing them is that you are doing the books, that you are taking care of them, that you are keeping this information um, together. And once again, we're paying people, documenting it, paying our bills, documenting it, bring it in stock, documenting it. As long as everything is being documented with that business bank account, then it's going to show us where we are, whether we have more money going in. Like a profit loss statement is going to show you whether you have more money going in than you have going out, excuse me, it's going to tell you, you know, where you're spending the most money, where you're getting the most in, um, the most profit. Profit loss statements are really good to paint a good picture of your business. So we want to make sure, and each year you actually do that. It's called the schedule C. And so most sole proprietors, if you are a sole proprietor, um, you're going to continue, you're going to create, oh my goodness, the words are just not coming out today, are they? You're going to complete a schedule C. Okay, to kind of tell the IRS what's going on with your business, where you at, whether or not you've had major losses. And like uh, something that people don't um, really understand is you can deduct losses from your business. Like there's a limit on how much you can deduct, but it carries over to the next year. So let's say you had like an $18,000 loss this year. I know New York City and um, the legalization of marijuana. A lot of business owners took a loss because there was a hold put on it when the um, VA sued them because they felt like they weren't being recognized. They felt like they were being looked over, which was fine. But that that paused a lot of businesses on going legal. And with that, they sub they, they took a big loss. And so those are losses that they can deduct on their income taxes, but they got to have some income to, you know, kind of kind of show for it. But um, they can deduct that on their income taxes. And let's say they have $18,000 worth of a loss this year. Well, they can only deduct, I want to say about $3,000. Yeah, $3,000, um, maybe a little bit more for certain things for a qualified business deduction. Um, it's about $3,000. And they can deduct that this year. And next year, even if they have a good year, they can still deduct on this loss until all of it is gone. So make no mistake about it. It might be a big loss this year, but it'll be a tax break in the next couple of years if business goes well. And I don't think that many businesses realize that. So those are things that we need to like take into consideration, things we need to get into. Um, there are things such as, um, let me go back. There we go. That's my family prayer alarm. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that to go off. I wasn't watching the time. Um, um, things like we were talking about depreciation software, um, intangible and tangible items have depreciation. So <laughs> that's something to look at. So if we bought software for our company, um, you know, a lot of us, if we created software, if we sold, you know, there's depreciation on a lot of items. And that's why it's important for you to get that knowledge and that education when it comes to small business and taxes. So you can know where you stand tax wise and you're not just letting your money go down the drain. And like I always like to say, if you're budgeting and your taxes are not included in your budget and you pay taxes every year on the 18th, you're doing it wrong. If you're writing a check out of your personal checking account, and it's not something you've been saving for all year or you've been paying on all year, you're doing it wrong. You are absolutely doing it wrong. And I will not tell you any other lie. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to be honest with you about it. So whew, that was a lot. That was a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get a drink of water and then we're going to recap. All right. All right. And we are back. I have been hydrated and we can begin the recap. So we talked about a few things. We're talking about paying ourselves. We talked about whether we want to do a percentage wise or whether we want to do a salary, but to make sure that we were pulling out our self-employment taxes. Um, talked about proper bookkeeping, electronic receipts, um, mint, QuickBooks, connecting them to those business bank accounts and being able to um, classify your spending um, and those programs allowing you to pull a profit loss. Um, we spoke about um, separate accounts, you know, don't get your honey where you make your money. And I, I feel like that applies because 
you know, driving to the park to have lunch is nice, but a pristine lunch with bottomless mimosas is so much better. Um, Get on the train and go to the beach is great. But vacationing on the sands of Jamaica is even better. Um, (laughs) You know, going on a trip cross country to see your nan is nice. But I'd much, you know, I I love her. Look, you got, got to love her. Got to love to see that grandmama. But baby... Um, I think grandma want to go to Dubai. I, I think grandma want to go to Dubai and which all of those things are great, but we're not going to swipe the company credit card for any of that because we can't deduct any of that. We can't, that, that that's not good. So what we're going to do is we're going to use our personal money for that. And we're, it, we're going to save, we are going to run our businesses correctly with integrity and we're make sure that we're documenting everything. We're going to employ our children if we can with jobs that are reasonable by IRS standards, um, because we can deduct up to $12,000 of, um, paying them every year. This is not an allowance. This is an hourly wage. So, um, you know, if you got children that clean up after themselves at home, hello, janitorial service. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Amen. Janitorial service for the office. All right. Um, if you use a portion of your home for your office, ooh, can we write that off? Can we write off that a portion of the mortgage? Yes. If we're driving for Uber, you know, and um, we just bought that car. Can we write off the payment and the car insurance if all we're doing is using that car for Uber and we're taking the train for everything else? Glory! Glory! Somebody better talk about it. You better, This is why you came, right? This is why you came for these little tidbits of information. So we talked about those things and we'll jump into them more. We talked about the different accounting methods where we're talking about the... Um, well, the most common accounting method for small businesses, and that's the cash basis method where, you know, I put the money in when I make the money. I put the expense on when I spend the money. Boom, bam, this and that. Cutting, that's black and white, baby. Black and white. I just got to remember that once I break my heart and I pay that credit card bill, father, <laughs> that I will remember to put it in the ledger. But if I am using what? If I'm using what? Come on, tell me, tell me. If I'm using apps like Mint, QuickBooks, things of that nature, um, then those things will be count. Those things will be categorized for me because why I took the time to categorize my spending in the beginning. Y'all better come on. I'm so proud of y'all. Y'all better come on. If you made it this far, that means you're trying to make a change and a small change can be life-changing as we say here at J Chambers Tax and Business Console. So, we spoke about that. We spoke about keeping the records. We touched a bit on depreciation and we will talk about that more in the upcoming segments. Um, I hope you learned something today. I hope you learned something today. And most importantly, in the beginning, we talked about the benefits of being with the, of um, choosing an entity that is registered so that we can go with the traditional um, business banking. Now, it has been a pleasure. And when I say a pleasure, I definitely mean one. The one place where I can come and be myself. Um, the nerdy nerd that I am with all the jokes. <laughs> um, and, and just enhance my community in, in empathetic, judgment-free zone where we're growing, we're learning, and we're just becoming um, better business men and women. So I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. Um, If you still find yourself in a bit of a fog, be sure to, um, hey, come to the website, jchambersconsult.services. Ask us a question. Um, Join one of our tax courses because we will be more than happy to have you. And I feel like it would really um, help you learn a little bit more about how to run your business and especially about your business taxes. Now, I am Jay for Jay Chambers Tax Talk, and it has been a pleasure. Have a wonderful evening.